Malachi 4 and 5. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Father God, I want to thank you. Lord, Holy Spirit, speak your word. Enlighten our hearts and our minds to receive from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Title of my message, Dedicated Devotion. Dedicated Devotion. How devoted to God are you in disappointing times, difficult times? Do you forget God at that time and pursue trying to get relief, release? Do you draw closer to God or walk away? Let me guarantee you, the Bible, Job tells us, Man born of a woman is a few days full of troubles. So troubles are going to come your way. And many of these troubles are tests from God. And I'll tell you why. Many of these troubles that come into your life, things that you don't expect, things that you don't want, things that are making life seem seemingly difficult for you, it's not God sending it. God allowed it to test you, to test your devotion to him. That's the main thing, to test your devotion. Are you still going to serve me when things don't go your way? Are you still going to call on my name and give me thanks for the things that I've been doing in your life? Or you turn and you begin to complain. Or you go away from God. These are the things that we have to deal with. If things are going well for you, right now is great. But difficult times will come, especially when God has revealed his word to you. You are going to be tested. The word of God will test you. And then what God is looking for is to see if you will be devoted to him when those difficult times come into your life. And when you stay dedicated to him and devoted to him, he's found a friend. And then he begins to reveal himself to you. Which is important. I want to talk before I go into this part about God's devotion to us. God's devotion to us. To me, is seriously a dedicated devotion. Especially for those who are saved. From the very beginning... God, you can think about the whole world. 
where else do you have living beings? Just the earth. As far as we know. I know they talk about UFO. <laughs> They've been talking about UFO since I was a kid. UFO and all of that. Nobody's seen any real evidence of it. But the earth God made for man. And God made us in his own image. There is no other being like you. God didn't make the angels in his own image and mighty beings. But we were made in God's own image. You carry the image of God. That's who you are. You are special from every other creature or created thing in the universe. You are different. You are created looking like God in his likeness, in his image. Never put yourself down. Never. God has been devoted to man from the beginning. Even after man sinned. God was still devoted. Adam wasn't looking for God after he sinned. God was the one looking for Adam. And that's never stopped. God's still looking to have a friend. Someone he can commune with. Dedicated to him. He looked for Adam. And God fixed Adam the best he could at that stage. Clothed him. Killed an animal. And since then, God has been searching, looking. And Jesus made it very clear when he came to the world. He said to us, his mission, I came to seek and to find. And that's you. Someone that will live with him in heaven forever. We're not looking for him. I know I wasn't. But God sent somebody to speak to me. And the Spirit's word got to me. And then he started to think. I need to, I need to do something. Now that's God. We're not seeking him. He is seeking us. He wants us to live with him. To me, there is nothing greater for me to live with my God and I can see God with my own eyes in heaven forever. And even gave his life. God living with mankind for 30 plus years. God himself living with us. He left heaven to find you. He left heaven just to gain you to himself. You must be really precious. Amen. He left everything, the angels and the worship and all of that, just to gain you. And gave his life. And never... He didn't swing back. He wanted you so badly. Think about it. 
is always being devoted to us. Jesus said, if a man has a hundred sheep and one is lost, he leaves. That's you. When you think you've made such serious mistake and God may not be in your life anymore, you are mistaken. He is more in your life than the pastor who may be doing very well. He's after you. He leaves these other guys. That's devotion. That's devotion. In Isaiah 43, verse 2, God is saying, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. Not if you pass through the waters, when you are going to go through the waters. God said, even though the times are tough, he's there with you. That's why we can say, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? That thing is not going to swallow me up because God is with you. That's what he's saying. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, it shall, you shall not be burned. That's dedication. These are difficult times that you can't explain. But God says, don't worry about it. I'm there with you. I'm there with you. He is that dedicated to you. And the Bible says very clearly, if God didn't spare his son, that's in Romans 8, but delivered him for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? All things. Isaiah 49, beginning from verse 15, God is asking, can a woman forget a nursing child and not have compassion on the son of a womb? Surely they may forget. It can happen. Yet I will not forget you. God can never forget you. When God says, I will not, that, you want to define it, it means, I will not. God will never forget you. That should settle your heart. That God will never forget you. No matter what's going on in your life, God has not forgotten you. They may forget you, but God hasn't forgotten you. You may feel like you are alone in this thing. No, you're not. God is with you. He has not forgotten you. 
He's dedicated to you. He's committed to you for the best. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. How many days of my life? Sometimes when you're going through something, you are forgetting about his goodness. You don't realize his goodness and mercy is still following you. God cannot lie. So take heart. No matter what's going on in your life, God is dedicated to you. There are two, I'm going to go through two scriptures here to, to let you know why you should settle no matter what's going on in your life and don't be afraid. Jesus was very clear. Every time there was trouble, first words, don't be afraid. Just believe. Is it hard to believe? Well, somebody, if you know, if you know of someone who regularly tells a lie, then it's hard to believe, right? God doesn't lie. Amen? He can't lie. It's impossible for him to lie. If God lies, if he tells one lie, he is no longer God. Because God is not a liar. God is not like man. What you must settle in your heart today, if I've got nothing more else to give to you, I want you to settle this in your heart. Please, settle, let this go deep into your heart. This particular scripture. Romans 8, 27 and 28. He's talking about, from verse 26, he says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. Because we don't know what to pray for as we ought. He didn't say we don't know how to pray. We don't know what to pray for as we ought to pray. We don't know that. There are things, because we are human, humans, we are lim- limited. We don't know everything that's going on around us. Somebody might be planning to destroy and to say something to destroy and you're totally unaware of it. But God sees everything. So we don't know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us according to the will of God. According to the will of God. He's making intercession, praying for you. The Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit himself, he's praying through you, through tongues. You don't understand what you're saying, but you are praying according to the will of God for your life. And the will of God for you is good. Always good. So you know the will of God? Goodness and mercy shall follow me. What? That's his will. Amen. The will is always good. And so God, the Spirit of God says, according to in Romans here, verse 27, Now he who searches the heart knows what's in the mind of the Spirit that's praying through you because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And then he asks, and we know. Do you know? Do you know? 
In Paul's time, they knew. Today, some know and some are still flaky. They don't know. And we know. Settle this in your heart. And we know that all things. We quote these scriptures a lot, right? All things work together for good. To those who love God, most of the time, that's where we stop. I love God, so all things are working together for my good. But that's not all. To those who are what? Called according to his purpose. It's not your purpose. His purpose. Those things, even the difficult things and the good things, they are working for you according to God's purpose for your life. That's important. It's according to his purpose. So when you're going through something, remember, God said, I will be with you. Right? So he's with you, working out his purpose for your life. And there's nothing better than that. Because it's not only for this earth, it's for eternity. It's for eternity. This life here is short. How long can you live? By the time you get to 120, you'll be praying to to leave this world. (laughs) And that's short compared to eternity. But even in this life, God says, I came that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So those things, work they are working out for your good. You may not understand them, but they are working out for your good. According to God's purpose. Not your purpose. Your purpose must wa- may want it now. Like going through a drive through re- uh, restaurant. Give it to me now, uh, Burger King, or I will go to McDonald's. Give it fast. Not your purpose but according to his purpose. We must always have that in mind, even when difficult times come. Isaiah 55, verse 8, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Please, let that sink in your heart. The way you're thinking, they are are not the way God's thinking. Most of the time, unless the Holy Spirit is ministering to you. And when he's doing that, there's always an enlightenment coming into your life. Enlightenment coming into your life for a purpose. You may not, others may not see it. And if you say it to people, they'll think you've lost your mind. Because it doesn't make sense. How are you going to, uh, uh, he calls his friend and says, I think he's losing his mind. Because it's God speaking to you. His thoughts are not your thoughts. No, your ways. Notice, your ways. My ways. This is settled. So, if you want to walk in God's way, God has to bring you to his ways. 
And sometimes he's bringing you to his way, screaming and scratching. He's wondering, what's going on? I don't want to go here, but it's best for you. So you can, why is God doing this to me? Yes, he's bringing you, screaming and scratching to his way. Don't worry, after a while you like it. But right now, it's very painful. And even your friends don't understand it. They think God's punishing you. What's going on? My ways are different. For as heaven as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. You know, if you fly in a plane, if you are the pilot, and you look up, there's still a long way to go. Okay? It's hard to fathom these things. And if you, I can figure all of these things out. How can I figure the God that put everything up there? There's no way. So whatever, as long as you have given your life to Christ, rest. No matter what's going on. With your mistakes and all. Rest in him. Put your life in his hand. Because he cares for you. He loves you. And you can stay devoted to him. If you were Job, and you know about Job's good friends, right? Job was not in heaven when God was talking to Satan. Right? If he was there, he would mind what happened to him. Right? He heard it. But God didn't allow him to see that. What if God is bragging on you and something bad happens to you? Does that make sense? God's bragging. Have you seen a man like this guy? He's so wonderful. And then the next thing you get... Seems like punishment for being wonderful. You're doing everything right, and it seems something comes into your way, your life, and you don't get it. But Job knew his God. Amen? Job knew his God. I mean, can you imagine what that man went through? All your children killed in one day? All of your children killed in one day. You hear about one group and another thing, you're all everything that you own gone in one day. And you were the richest in the whole, at least in his time, that old of the, the east of, of where uh, the Bible says in the east, he was the, he was the richest, the greatest of all. Everybody knew him. Wealthy. All of a sudden, all of it gone in one day. What would people think of you? God's punishing you. But this is what Job said. 
Job 13 verse 15. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. I don't understand what's going on, but I'm still going to serve him. I'm still going to serve him. I'm not going to pull back. I still will serve him. If I was praying at this time before, I'm still going to do that. If I was going to Sunday school before, I would do it even more. If I was going to church service before, that's dedicated devotion to God. That's what God wants. That's what God wants. Job said, I will make my argument. Go to God. God, I don't understand. That doesn't mean you can go to God. But even if he slays me, I will trust him. Trust. Look at the word he used. Trust him. That he will do what's right for me. Can you get that? I still trust him. When you read about, and I'm coming to something here. When you read about people, both old in the Old Testament and the New, sometimes I wonder their devotion. This is incredible. Incredible devotion. God spoke to Abraham about his son in 25 years. Nothing happened. Did he complain? He was still devoted to his God. No matter what was going on in his life, even if when it seemed like what God said to him was not coming to pass, he still was serving God. When we don't get what we want from God immediately or over some time, we begin to pull back. We lose the vision. We pull back. Like a preacher, well, I've tried all of that before. Well, I, I preached one hour a day um, for about a year. Nothing. Really? But these guys didn't complain. They knew their God. They knew God was so huge. There is no way to understand his ways. His ways are different. He'll show you his way when you are dedicated to him. We come into that. He'll show, his, he'll show you his way. But I see Paul in, in Acts 20. Paul says, I see, now I go bound in the spirit of Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. He was being led by the spirit. He's like Jesus being led into the wilderness to be tempted. And yet, even though Paul was not told exactly what was going to happen, he knew something evil was awaiting him, and God was taking him there for what purpose he didn't know. But he was willing. Devotion. Don't be like Jonah and get in the boat to go to the other way. A fish will bring you back to where you're supposed to be. (laughs) 
It says, now I go bound. See, he's telling them, see, I feel bound in my spirit. I don't know what's going to happen to me there. Except that the Holy Spirit testify in every city saying that chains and tribulations are with me. And he's still going. He knew the Holy Spirit was the one speaking. Many of us, when we hear this, we say, I don't believe that, brother. That's of the devil. Because he's talking about pain. But he says every city where he went, the Holy Spirit was telling him. Will that not be time to get discouraged? Say, God, I've been serving you. Can you imagine Paul and Silas in prison? And, 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 and uh, Paul says, let's sing praises to God. And Silas says, I don't feel like it. We've been doing everything right. Paul, you got to explain to me. We preached the gospel. We did all of this good stuff. We cast out devils. Why are we here? Chained. No, that was not what they did. They worshipped God. The Holy Spirit was testified. Chains and tribulations are with me. But then Paul says, but none of these things move me. They don't change my devotion to God. I don't question God. I don't pray to know what's going to happen to me. I am willing, if that's where the Holy Spirit wants me to go, I'll discover whatever that is later. But I'm going to go. I'm going to go. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy. Joy after chains and tribulations. That's what he's saying. I want to finish this race with joy. It's a race. Little things make us shift our focus and our dedication. We get discouraged. But look at somebody. Sometimes we forget Paul was a brother. He was a brother in Christ. If he were here, he would just be like anybody else, one of us. We put him so way up there and we think there is no way I can do what Paul did. Well, you're mistaken. Isaiah 1 verse 19. If you are willing and obedient... The first thing is to be willing. When you're willing, the Holy Spirit takes over. And the fear is gone. When you have that heart that I'm going to be devoted to God no matter what, the Holy Spirit takes over. And you have no fear of anything. That's what was happening to Paul. And he said in Philippians 1.21, For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. That should sink into us. 
if we just have a short time here and it's brief, I want to do everything I can for my card, even if they think I'm crazy and things are happening to me that I don't understand, I still will serve my God because there's only one to please. The audience of one. And I got nothing to prove to anybody. I just have to serve him and be devoted to him. When this happens, God has found a friend. When God can see, it's, it's a hard issue. It's thing, you can conjure it up. It's a hard issue that you've decided no matter what, I will stay devoted to Christ and to his cause. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Today, everybody wants blessing, 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 favor, favor, and all of that. What about the cause of Christ? Did Paul mention blessing? He going to Jerusalem, but to finish his race with joy. With joy. The blessings will come after that. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things that they are killing each other for and lying about to get, I will bring them to you. That's the important thing. When God sees a heart of devotion, he's found a friend and he begins to reveal himself to this friend. That's why Jesus told the disciples. Because they had left everything to follow him. I mean, they left their trade. They left everything. And John and James left their father in the boat. And walked away from their father. And from their business. To be with Jesus. And Jesus said, to you he has been given. To understand the mysteries of the kingdom. But to the others, they will only get it in parable form. When God has seen a heart of devotion, he begins to show you his ways. In Deuteronomy 29 verse 29, he says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But there is the things which are revealed. Amen. The things which are revealed. They belong to us and to our children forever. Until God reveals it, we can't enjoy it. And when he reveals it, he reveals it through his word. And the word makes sense. It may not make sense to your friends that please don't talk to them when God's dealing with you. They'll think you've lost it. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14 says, The natural man does not understand the things of the Spirit of God. So don't go discussing with them. When God has told you something, eh, can we discuss this thing? After you leave, they will say, He's lost his mind. He's cuckoo these days. God gives to those who are devoted to Him His secrets. If you doubt that, then you want to go to Psalm 25 and 14. The secret of the Lord is what? He's with those who fear him. The secret of the Lord 
God keeps everything in secret. Mystery. But when that mystery is unveiled to you, something will change in your life. But this, God just don't talk to everybody. Only those who are, only those who are devoted to him. Read the Psalms and see the secret things that God gave to David. Because of David's devotion to him. Psalm 22, basically David, we, didn't, we, I didn't, we called King David, he was a prophet also. Psalm 22, David talked about the death of Christ on the cross. Almost detailed. The scripture started, starting with, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? That was a secret given to a man. That centuries later, Jesus spoke those words from the cross. Because he was a man after God's heart. He was devoted to God. God is looking for people who will be devoted to him. And you are the people who are devoted to him. Can I hear an amen? You are. You are. You are. You are devoted to him. Somebody will say, well, I don't feel that way. Who cares about what you feel? Are you not here this morning? Did you, you, you got up here just to look at pastor's face? Why are you here? For the word of God and to worship him. Amen. Take it from that viewpoint. You're here. Nobody made you wake up, take a shower. Because if pastor doesn't see you in church, he's going to be mad. No, you came for him. If you don't feel that way, this is the beginning. Amen. And it will grow like wildfire. He'll take over your heart. He'll take over your heart. I will share with you. Um, before I came to the United States, there were people who were leaders in the group that I was. They called the Scripture Union. And they used to... Uh, some of them will come, leaders will come to the United States, and then they come back, and they will be saying four-letter words, refuse to come to church, and use all kinds of strange words. And many of them had fallen from Christ when they got back and left for the world. And then I was seeking to go to the United States. Where the people fall from Christ. And some of the brothers asked me, why are you going to the United States? Meaning, are you planning to go away from Christ? They said, stronger brothers than you have gone to the United States. We know them. They, are, they were stronger brothers, leaders. 
and they have fallen from Christ. And you want to go? The implication is when you get to the United States, there is a monkey called backsliding. He jumps on your back and it's over. So when I came, I was watching for that monkey. And I got a plan. My, it's, it's an art issue. You understand? I was determined I'm not going. I don't know what's there, but whatever is there, I know I'm not as strong as those brothers, but whatever is there, he's not going to take me. I'm going to serve God. Whether in Africa or in the United States, anywhere else, I'm going to serve God. So I made up, I got one strategy. Everything that moves, I witnessed to it. I'll tell everybody that comes around me, first thing, good luck, I'm a Christian. What kind of Christian? I'm a Christian. That's what I did. I remember, I shared this year before, uh, first day, they were inviting me to some party. Beautiful booze, drinking, men, dancing, and all of that. I said, since the last three years, I've never been in a place like that. Really? So yeah, I haven't gone there. I'm a Christian. And we argued about different things about Christianity. And then another fellow came in and started saying, Hey, you just came from Nigeria? I said, yeah. He said, ah, there is a big party. And the other guy was going, stop it. Don't tell him that. Don't tell him that. So God delivered me. It's a question of your heart. I'm going to start this and I'll close with this. When God allows something in your life that is bitter, how do you respond? How do you respond? And sometimes it could be people that come into your life to irritate you. It's a test. It's a test. Somebody walked by you or something and you feel something inside of you. God, it's not God sending it. He allowed it. And how you respond to that will determine whether he can trust you. Just like he did Abraham. He said of Abraham, I know him. I know Abraham. And I am sure, this is God speaking on the behalf of a man. I am sure he will follow my ways and teach his children to follow my ways. He knew that. Even before Abraham accomplished it, God already knew his heart. In John chapter 11, it says, therefore, he talked about Jesus was outside there and uh, Lazarus the brother of Mary and Martha was sick. It says, therefore, the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. He whom you love. 
So they were not doubtful about Jesus' love for Lazarus. There was a deep love in Jesus. It's expressed it. The family knew. The sisters knew Jesus loved Lazarus. They had no doubt about it. Secondly, they knew that Jesus can heal. They were sure of that. They sent from Bethany. I don't know how many days it took for them to get to Galilee to get to Jesus. To bring him down to Bethany. It's about two miles from Jerusalem. But they sent for him. And all they said, tell him, your friend, the one you love, is sick. And this is what Jesus did. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. But the guy died. Right? This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Through this sickness. And then he tells you, now, again he's confirming, confirming it, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that, it don't go together. So when he heard that, he was sick. He stayed two more days. Can you get the story? He loved, his Bible is saying, now Jesus loved Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. And then after he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed for two more days. In the place where he was. If he had gone, Lazarus would have been healed instantly. But he stayed for two more days. And didn't explain it to the people that they sent. He just did that. A day to God is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like one day. What if Jesus delayed coming? Do you know how much pain Lazarus was going through? Can you think about it? If he was sick unto death, before Jesus got there, he was already dead four days. So you know what pain he was going through, right? Instantly, we start questioning his love. See that? If he really, why did he not come? They didn't see. The what I'm trying to go through this in this message is to let you know, God has a purpose, and it's bigger than your purpose. You got to understand that. So when you're going through whatever you're going through, if you're a child of God, there is a purpose. And God's purpose, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called, called, called according to his purpose. When you doubt and your devotion shifts because God is trying to work out his purpose, 
God knows he can't trust you to carry it out. He'll walk with you until you get to that place where you can absolutely trust. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will what? Give you rest. Not rest in the absence of troubles, but rest in him. Because you trust him. Because you trust him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Even if it doesn't make sense, I will trust him. It's a hard thing. No matter what's going on, when it's the Lord's day and there's nothing else going on, I'm there with my brothers to serve God. When it's a prayer time, I'm there. When it's time, even if I'm not feeling good because I feel like I've disappointed God, I've done something wrong. And what happens in those times, you want to stay away. But that's not the time to stay away because Jesus is after you and wants you closer. It's to learn his ways. Amen? It's to learn his ways. His purpose is bigger. I'm going to come back to this message because I have a lot I want to say just to help us understand that you can have peace even in the presence of a lot of difficulties and things you don't understand. Let me give you this. You can be fired from a place where you have been comfortable and making a lot of money And in a few days, your family is going through something and you're wondering, how can this be God? Why would God do something? I was paying more tithes. I was giving everything. Now I got nothing. Uh, let me give you something I, think I, I, I have in my mind. God may have something bigger than that that you've been rejoicing in. And he knows if he doesn't get you out of that place, uh, you will never leave. So he kicked you out. Now you begin to search. And then over time, you find his purpose. How about that? Stand up with me this morning. I want to encourage every one of us this morning. No matter where you are, young people, you may be going through things that you don't understand. Okay? Put your hand in the hand of Jesus. That's the hand that healed the lame. Put your hands. In other words, put your life in his hands. Believe me, you will never regret it. That's the best place to be. And for us adults, you may be going through difficult times. Nobody is exempt from that. But let his purpose be fulfilled. Even if you have to suffer. The disciples rejoiced that they suffered in his name. Right? 
God can bring that. Allow it. But it's always for a greater purpose. So the thing to do is to wait and see what God is doing. There are so many people in the scriptures that had their own thinking. And they went through difficult times. And the end of it was a surprising bliss that God brought into their lives. I'm not saying not to resist evil. Okay? I'm not saying not to go to God and pray against it. Okay? That's not what I'm saying. We don't know what God's doing. You do your part. That's all you can do. Leave the rest to God. And don't question Him. And don't get discouraged. Because something bigger is coming your way. You just have to wait for it. Sometimes you hear God better when you are in the valley. Because on top, you are too caught up with shouting hallelujah that you can hear him. But in the valley, you are ready to listen. And he starts speaking to you. Amen? How many of you have been there before? I've been there. I listen more when I'm down there. Because you're asking. Would you, when we talk about raising your hand, and some people just wonder, is surrender to him. Amen? Would you raise your hand and surrender to him today? And above all, no matter who you are this morning, I want you to know God loves you. He has engraved in you. He has your picture in the palm of his hand. Isaiah 49, verse 16. He has engraved in you in the palm of his hand. So he can never forget you. You are not forgotten. No matter what you're going through. He loves you. And he loves you dearly. More than you will ever know. Even with all your mistakes. He still loves you. He sought after us when we knew nothing. When we didn't know we were making a mistake with our lives. He sought us. I want you to know that God loves you this morning. I want you to know that God loves you this morning. I want you to know that God is with you this morning. I want you to know that God is doing everything to encourage your heart. To make your heart strong. And not to look to failure. Because according to his scripture, we will always be above and not beneath. Always above and not beneath. Head and not tail. Those scriptures are forever established. And God spoke them for us. Amen? To do us good. Goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Can I hear an amen? Goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And God didn't qualify. There's no qualification. If you are a believer, that's your portion. Goodness and mercy. You have in Psalm 103, 
God says he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. How many of us can use tender mercies? From God. Tender mercies. You have been crowned, according to the scriptures, with loving kindness and tender mercies. So everywhere you go, tell your friend, I have two big individuals around me. One is called goodness. The other one is called mercy. And I have a, two big crowns on my head. They say, we see nothing on your head. I know you don't see anything. It's called loving kindness and tender mercies. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.